I'm Janice Lobos-Sapigal. And I'm Paola Rodales. And this is Penai Astrology. Astrology. Two Penai's, one podcast by Pac Poems, Pop Culture, and The Planets. Oh, Pow, I've missed you. I've missed you too. It's been two whole weeks. It was so weird having to skip a week of the podcast. Yeah, it was so weird and so Mercury retrograde because like neither of us expected it, you know? (laughs) Yeah, so let me just explain it to everyone who is listening. So we normally record these episodes on Saturday mornings and then on Thursday morning, I get asked whether I can go to Reno to campaign for Biden and Harris for a union. And I said yes. And they were like, okay, great. Your flight is Friday morning. (laughs) And then so I hopped on a plane on Friday morning, got to Reno, Nevada on Friday evening, and then I started work Saturday. And so again, we normally record these podcasts on Saturday. I had to really scramble to not only reschedule this podcast recording, but I had to reschedule all of my astrology clients. I had to reschedule a ton of just work meetings. Like I had to, you know, ask my ex-husband if he could watch our cat and had to drop her off there. It was just so much just shifting and just moving around um in less than 24 hours but here we are yeah I remember when you called me the evening before your flight and I was like when are you leaving and you're like tomorrow morning and I was like holy crap um and I could tell that you were really trying to work out when we were going to record and I was like you know it's okay like really it's okay and if if mercury retrograde has taught me anything it's just to kind of like it's okay to just let it go, you know, um, and to kind of just work with the timing that exists. But I didn't realize that you had to also reschedule all of that. I knew you had to do work stuff, but I didn't know you had to do your astrology readings too. That's a shit ton of work. Yes. And I'm super grateful for all of my clients who (laughs) rescheduled because every single one said, I gave them the option. I was like, you can cancel and I'll give you a refund or you could reschedule. And every single one was like, let's reschedule. Don't worry about it. Good luck in Reno. And thank you for doing this work. So I'm, I'm really, really grateful for everyone's flexibility during a really, really crazy. Yeah, it was such a crazy turnaround just having to just like, switch up everything all at once. And I think on your point on just like the flexibility with Mercury retrograde, I saw a really good tweet just like a few hours ago from another astrologer that just reminded me that look like sometimes you just gotta laugh at Mercury's jokes. Like Mercury <laughs> is a trickster. And that, that that's who Mercury was in Greek mythology. He was just constantly like, you know, just <laughs> um just pulling pranks and just like and, and pranks are oftentimes just like really not fun and just like made people look bad or some of these yeah. other gods look bad or whatever. And yeah, I, that's just kind of Mercury's MO, especially during retrograde. And sometimes all you can really do is just laugh. Damn, I forget that sometimes. Like, I definitely forget that it's like not just a a three week damnation, but <laughs> that it's like this is what Mercury does. Um, I was thinking of like weird things and sad things and strange things that have happened like during the retrograde alone. And like for me, like um, my husband and I found out that three of like his really good friends. Um, who live in the Bay Area are actually going to be leaving the Bay Area in like (gasps) three months. Yeah. Like because of things that have happened in their lives that call them to other places. And like, we completely understand, but we're also just like really looking forward to like 
you know, being here and them being here too. So that's been like a weird kind of just mental adjustment because they don't necessarily see it, but that's been weird. And then um, I also ran into one of my colleagues like at the local Target and we just like wave hi uh, with like our masks on. It was just funny that we could see each other through our masks on. But um, <laughs> apparently like right before that, he told me that um, a woman had accidentally locked her keys in her car with a baby inside. What? <gasps> right? Like that. And she was like hysterical. And then my friend was like, yeah, I know I looked okay when you saw me, but that's literally what happened when we waved hi. <laughs> like 30 minutes before I was just with this woman calming her down. And I was like, shit, dude, that is a Mercury retrograde story. <laughs> it's so much because like cars are definitely like Mercury. Mm. <laughs> Babies and children are even Mercury. Yeah. I mean, it's such a, like, or obviously a terrible thing to have happen to someone, but yeah. it really, yeah, it does track. It's very, very yeah. Mercury retrograde. It was horrible. Wow. Um, things worked out. I asked if the lady was okay afterwards and he said everything was fine. Um, it just, I just couldn't help but think like, damn, like this is a Mercury retrograde story. And then I also like, I don't, I, I, it just feels like so long since we've talked, even though it really hasn't been that long. But um, I found out too that this like really young, like Pinoy poet rapper um, whom I met in like 2010, 2011, 2010, um, I just learned that he committed suicide oh. and I feel really bad because I think, you know, like I, I didn't, I wasn't like very close to him, but I had seen him around and I kind of saw the signs. Like he would just post these really strange things on Facebook and he had alluded to it multiple times, but I thought, you know, this person's also very involved in the Filipino American community in, in San Francisco. So maybe like other people got him, you know? Um, but I think like, that's one of the tough things about bystanding is like, shit, like this young person felt like he had to take his own life in order to feel better. And that's another kind of like strange thing that I've just been thinking about. Like I kind of knew him, but kind of didn't. So, um, I'm hoping that maybe at the end of the show, I definitely want to give his family a shout out and maybe even like a link to the GoFundMe. So Aww. that's another like strange thing that has been like communicated to me during this time of retrograde so yeah I'm so sorry to hear that that's like really like it, it it's not the first suicide I've heard of this year and I it make it does make me just think too of like you know we've seen articles and like just people talking about just the mental health impacts of COVID and the long-term isolation and the uh, um you know, this economic turmoil that just puts stress on people and just like all of the things that are just kind of happening just mm -hmm. this year. And um, we've lost like actually like quite a few like local five members, not to COVID, but to suicide this mm -hmm. year. And, but, you know, everyone's saying like, yeah, I mean, in some ways it is indirectly related to, you know, COVID for mm -hmm. sure. Oh my gosh, I didn't know your union was dealing with that too, pal. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it's just, I mean, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, I hope it gets talked about more, you know, and, and but sadly, like, you just know that it's just going to be very, very unreported, uh, underreported, because, yeah, like, it, it, yeah, it's just, it, it is just kind of one of those things, it's like, yeah, there's no direct correlation at the same time, like, yeah, I know we do know that there is some correlation. Yeah, I caught wind of um, a non-profit 
um, organization that does like health calls and welfare checks for youth. And I heard that one day they were just so swamped, like they just couldn't take any more calls and they couldn't do any more visits for that day. And I just couldn't help but think like, damn, like how many people, that's like the people who report or share how they're feeling. And then there are just so many who don't. So yeah, it's a lot, it's a lot to hold and like think about for this time. So I do hope that people do share and talk to someone like and literally like it could be anyone you know and that could be the main difference so mm -hmm. I hope mm -hmm. that for people I hope so too it's, it's something like I've even you know in my time here in Reno just been keeping in mind because it hasn't happened to me yet but like a couple of my other fellow like canvassers here like have come across doors where the person at the door, like that canvasser is the first person this person's spoken to like for months and months because they're just like that isolated and cut off and like just extremely depressed. And um, yeah, it's just like really, really sad. Like one of our canvassers had a story of a woman who like hasn't checked her mail in weeks because she was just so depressed. She couldn't even get herself like yeah. out the door to like open that mailbox. And she like, walked the wishes on while she offered to walk that one with, with that with that woman to the mailbox and even just left her her phone number and just like if you ever ever need to talk like you know I'm always here so, mm -hmm. so yeah that's really I sweet mean, that's really yeah. sweet. I'm glad that there's like you know like it makes me think too that's the other side of canvassing that people don't think about is like it's a very human experience mm -hmm. um <laughs> Wow. Oh, so much love for your coworker who did that and left the number and walked the lady out. Like, that's really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, wow, I can only imagine what it must have felt like to be that woman to be like, wow, that, that that's like a huge victory. <laughs> it's like a real, like huge accomplishment to like be able to like kind of get out of the house for like the first time in like, you know, however many weeks, but it, it yeah. is just like, I get it. Like, you know, I've definitely been that kind of depressed before where like I couldn't even like get out of bed. For like days mm -hmm. it, it is really really freaking debilitating mm -hmm. yeah yeah and I think a lot of people don't know that too about depression that it, it's debilitating as you said like people think it's just like something to get over or something that will pass and it's like no like this is something that really has to be dealt with straight on so or something that you can just like pause you know you just gotta think positive thoughts and just like mm -hmm. will yourself through you know and it's like no yeah. like geez if it were really like that then and no one would be depressed like yes. no one wants to be that way yes you're right it's not a fucking light switch <laughs> yeah yeah I, I it bothers me because sometimes I'll even just see it in like spiritual twitter you know it just has all this overlap with like astrology twitter where yeah there'll just be people who just think that just they can just like you know just think positive thoughts and suddenly like their depression mm -hmm. and anxiety and just like other things will just go away like, yeah like no it's just so and that's such like I just like I hate that shit because it is just so damaging because like yeah anyway I I, I it's just the kind of thing that could also prevent people from actually really like seeking help yeah. Yeah. I agree and like that's the, the I mean we see it in our politics right like when people say oh we need to pray like pray for this city or pray for this person or politician or this state and it's like wait like that doesn't actually get at what's happening you know so mm -hmm. yeah we've definitely seen that before 
Um, how is your retrograde going other than being told to leave uh, on a business trip within like short notice or last minute notice? Oh man. <laughs> ben, I don't even know where to begin. It's <laughs> like, I think I mentioned before that like my, Mer like Mercury retrograde is was in Scorpio it's in Libra now like it just moved back into Libra but it was in Scorpio for most of this time and Scorpio is in my seventh house of relationships um and um yeah you know I can't go into too much detail but yeah just like people revealing their feelings and you know um or even you know like this is not as like bad or, or you know the, the other thing about this Mercury retrograde is just all this stuff it's like it's opposing Uranus too right so it's just like yes just surprise revelations like that are going to be like very like <laughs> part of this like Mercury retrograde but there's been like not as like surprising things of like yeah having to like coordinate with my ex-husband around like our cats and like mm -hmm. but but it's been nice he's been sending me photos every day of like our cats Aww. like together I dropped off like the cat I have to like his apartment it's just like non-stop photos of these two together but it's so kind of mercury retrograde-ish in a way because like these cats just haven't seen each other in since we split up right and then so now they're like kind of together in the same house again and it's like my ex is watching them again like old times and yeah yeah I saw a photo of them together and I was like holy shit are they actually getting along like and they stayed together long enough to take a photo like in the times that I had ever seen them in the same vicinity they were never really together you know unless they were fighting or they were fighting over something so yeah when I saw a photo of them snuggled up in a bed or in sheets together I was like are these the same cats <laughs> it seemed like they really missed each other which is just so sweet but it makes me sad because once I get home I'll have to we'll have to like bring them apart again but yeah, yeah they're getting along way more than like what you like what what you've seen or what we would normally see like he's been sending me so many photos of them just like cuddling up together and uh, he's so funny because he'll send a picture like one time he sent a picture and there was just them two on the floor looking up and he was like we had a morning meeting today <laughs> he was like say shit like that <laughs> Aww, like, oh my god that's cute. yeah <laughs> Oh, yeah. Surprise, right? Surprising part of a relationship. Like, yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, I mean, relationships, like a lot of people will think like, oh, you know, like new romances and stuff. And like, yeah, I mean, I've been having a little bit of that too. But like, it's all kinds of relationships. And with my ex-husband, it is just like, oh, yeah, how do you like, try to rebuild like a whole or kind of just in some ways renegotiate like a like new terms in our relationship like how going from like being husband and wife to friends like mm. it's a whole ass other thing yeah that a lot of people don't embark on so I think like it really says a lot to like it's entering a new phase of a relationship just not in the same way that you two had done previously mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how um, was your mercury retrograde um I don't know I <laughs> I don't know. Oh, um, well, I think I've talked about this before, but I was going through the 10 year review process during Mercury retrograde. So <laughs> that's been exciting. And I think I'm done with all the things I could have done and could have controlled 
during that time, I spent a lot of um, last week and this week working on uh, my 10-year review portfolio, which is like really boring, but um, it's nice. I just also realized like working on that thing made me realize like, yeah, it's really important not to attach people to an institution or for people to mistake themselves for the institution. And um, like there are certain things that I've done that I was like, no, I don't want to put that thing that I have done into my portfolio because I don't want it to seem like all my time belongs to this institution, you know, or the school. Like I, I was like, damn, I really have put a lot of time into our podcast, for example. But I was like, but that's mine. Like that's my time. And I don't want to put it on there because, uh, well, one, because there's, you know, the Food for Thought podcast, like one of the um, hosts is also a professor. And he says that sometimes like, uh, his students will listen and I was like okay well I definitely don't want that um, also, <laughs> also because like I just don't like it's weird like when I talk about astrology with my colleagues like I mean they understand they they think it's like cute you know what I mean <laughs> they think it's cool and it is but also I don't want to be there and be like like, I'll, I don't, I'm okay with students doing it. Like, they'll be like, Janice, if I'm a cancer rising, what does that mean? Like, I don't mind doing that with students, but I don't necessarily want to do it for anyone who's not a student. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm, because it doesn't mm-hmm. enhance um, the relationship more than it becomes like, a, oh, can you serve me with your knowledge? And so, and that's just not something I want to reserve for anyone other than, like, who I want to give that to, you know? So, uh-huh. um, yeah, so the, it's, I'm done with that. Um, I'm about to embark on National Novel Writing Month, AKA NaNoWriMo, which I've never done in all these years. Um, but I have a friend who wanted to do it and I was like, why not? Like, I'm not working on this portfolio anymore. So I'm gonna work on that and we'll see. We'll see if I actually leave November with a novel manuscript or if I just even write every day. So I don't write every day. Like I don't, I'm not one of those writers that does that. So, okay. Um, yeah, I think for the most part, I am just going through the retrograde, just going through it, not trying to control shit, not trying to let things get in my way or feel super sad about it or when something doesn't go right. I'm just trying to go through it. That's the best approach I could take. <laughs> I think that is the best approach in general, and I, yeah, that, it's, and it's a good lesson on just, like, how to approach life in general, but especially knowing that things, shit will especially go down during, like, times like this, um, mm-hmm. it's shitty, um, it is nice to think that, like, I was just thinking the other day that we're not gonna be dealing with these, because Mercury is going to stop being um, retrograde. It's going to station direct on November 3rd, same day as the election. Mm. And then, um, which will be my reading today is just the astrology of that. It's like, that's the big astrology of this week. It's just the big news of like the week is going to be the freaking U.S. election. And, um, but next week, so I think that's the 14th, um, or mm-hmm. something around then Mars is going to station direct finally after being like retrograde for a few months so we're not going to have retrograde these like retrograde planets again until January and that'll be another Mercury retrograde <laughs> we get a break yes, yeah you're right and then there is also a super new moon on the 14th as well yeah and then fucking daylight savings I know Hawaii doesn't 
have it, but um, I will have it <laughs> tomorrow. I I know I'm I'm still here, like in Reno. I'm gonna have it for like the first time in like several years. I'm just excited that I'm gaining sleep and not losing sleep because I had to remember that again of just like, wait, which one is it? All that. I better be gaining sleep, and yeah, yeah, I, yeah I'm excited. It's Extra hours sleep. I'm super excited for that tomorrow morning. <laughs> but then <laughs> daylight savings time hangover only lasts like three days, you know? <laughs> when it's like, yeah, an extra hour. And then by that time, like three days later, it's like, oh, wait, no, oh, I'm yeah. being lazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Other big news of the week, oh. daylight savings time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely bracing myself for the election. Um, I just don't know. All I know is I am setting up times with students to process. Um, you know, some schools are asking me to lead writing workshops in, in like post-election, which I'm totally excited and happy to do. Um, but it just really sucks that like this is the kind of um, dangerous environment that we have come to where we have to make sure we have the room. I mean, I, th I mean, as a cancer moon, I'm like, we should always have the room to process, but mm -hmm. it's nice to see that it's actually happening too for um, ca college campuses and in community spaces. So mm -hmm. yeah, um, cool. speaking of election, do you want to play the, the game, which is called Yes. <laughs> One has to go, yes. One so, for those of you on social media, you might have heard this game already and seen just the constant variations of it. But the way it works is that me and Janice thought up of three different categories. We don't know what each other's things are. and We're going to take turns. And so each of us will list four things and the other person has to pick one to just go forever, mm -hmm. be gone. Yes. Um, I also, I, I have in my notes that we decided this after actor Chris Pratt was hella offended after the internet put out a list of four Chris's and one of them had to go and a majority of folks overwhelmingly chose Chris Pratt to go out of a category featuring him, Chris Hemsworth, Chris Evans, and Chris Pine. <laughs> Um, and then it became revealed just like how he was super Republican and people were hella critiquing the actors who play the characters in the Marvel Universe who like came to his defense and compared that to the other like women and women of color who are on the cast who have been subjected to way more vitriol than Chris fucking Pratt. So I think it's great that we are creating our own version. And I do agree with the internet after that. Chris Pratt does need to go. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. Over it. <laughs> Over. <laughs> uh. All right. So who's going to go first? Um, can you go first? I want to yeah. hear categories. <laughs> okay. The first category is cookies. Oh, no. Don't do this to me. I'm sorry, Janice, but I'm doing this to you. So these are the four cookies. You have to choose one that has to go. Chocolate chip, white chocolate macadamia, oatmeal raisin, or peanut butter. Oh, thank God. Thank God you didn't pick things that, like, um... Like, you know, I super love those, like... I know, like, those, like, Honolulu cookies. I know. Now, after right after you said that, I was like, fuck, I should have made that one of those ones. <laughs> I'm gonna get rid of peanut butter cookies because I I don't really like them. That's all. 
I just don't really like them. And then the second one, I would be like, white chocolate macadamia is also all right. So I would get rid of that Woo! one. Yeah, I know. You I only like have to choose one, you know. You don't have to keep knocking them off. I know. And I was about to rank them all. No, yeah, peanut butter has to go. <laughs> oh, it would be oatmeal raisin for me. I don't like oatmeal raisin. Really? I like raisin. I don't like oatmeal cookies, but yeah, I like the raisin in it. Oh, I like oat. I, I'm the opposite because I'll I'll eat an oatmeal cookie with chocolate chips. I just don't <gasps> like the raisins. Oh, that's a good idea though. Chocolate, anything, you know, except I don't like white chocolate mac. I don't know. Um, I love white chocolate mac. Also, like, how many of us have ever reached for a cookie thinking it was chocolate chip and found that it was actually oatmeal raisin? <laughs> Every fucking time, I'm so mad. <laughs> Right. How fucking sad. That is a very particular kind of small sadness that I hate to experience. <laughs> well, there's agreement that chocolate chip's the best one. Yes, totally the best. Okay. Um, I went in a different direction with this, but one has to go white dudes. <laughs> and you can do this based on however you see fit. Movies, acting, personal life, whatever. So these are the white mats. Um, you can choose Matt Damon, Matthew McConaughey, Matt LeBlanc, or Matthew Broderick. Which white dude has to go? <laughs> Matt Damon, Matthew McConaughey, um, Matthew Broderick, and then Matt LeBlanc. Yes. I think I would go with Matt LeBlanc. Like, I like his character <laughs> as Joey, but I've heard him as, like, a person. Like, he's actually, I've heard, he, I've heard stories, like, he's just, like, kind of really rude and, like, mm. you don't really hear too much about him, like, outside mm. of that. Yeah. yeah I, I see that. Yeah, Matt LeBlanc, a.k.a. Joey from Friends. Yeah. Joey from Friends. <laughs> Gotta go. <laughs> and also, yeah, I think he might be just the least hot of the four anyway, so... You fucking would say that. Yeah. You would say that. <laughs> okay. Your turn. Okay. So this one is world leader. Oh, shit. Let's do it. Okay. One has to go. And these are all terrible world leaders. Damn it. Heads up. Donald Trump, Rodrigo Duterte, Vladimir Putin, or Kim Jong-un. Fuck, pow, seriously? I mean, they all got to go for sure. Um, so I would say the order in which they should go, I'm just going to go in terms of chronology and Donald Trump needs to needs not to be elected again. So I'm that's the most pain that I feel. <laughs> so I'm going to go with Donald Trump. Needs to. <laughs> needs to. Yeah. That's who I would pick too, for <laughs> sure. Fuck that oh, guy. Man. Fuck that guy. Uh, I'm wearing a t-shirt actually from like that our union made, and it says, "I'm kicking Trump out." <laughs> oh, I was wondering. Yeah, what that's what it says. Kicking Trump out. Oh, I love it. I saw the word "king," and I thought, "Oh, I wonder what the rest says." But, um, but you were talking. Oh, about that could be a lot of different words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, let's kick him out. Um, okay, second category is white women. <laughs> and I decided to stick with the same first names again, too. So I went with Jennifer Aniston, Jennifer Garner, Jennifer Lawrence, or Jenny McCarthy. 
Ooh, you know what? I used to really like Jennifer Lawrence, and then I saw her interview where she was just thought it was just so, so fucking hilarious that she sat on like some Hawaiian rocks that she was not supposed to be sitting on, and she did it anyway, and she just made a whole ass joke about it. Mm-hmm. And I, so I would pick her. Yes, that's just fucking trashy as fuck. I hate it. Yeah, totally. It was like a fucking sacred rock. I remember that, and yeah. Um, I had a feeling you were going to say that for that reason, like Jennifer Lawrence has <laughs> of this, and that's my exact reasoning too, I would say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, it's a shame because I liked her before that, and then I was like, yeah. nope. <laughs> oh, Katniss. Oh, <laughs> Katniss. <laughs> you were like almost pulling off the quirky white girl thing, and then you did that shit. Yeah, I was ready to put her in the same category as, like, Emma Stone. Like, just, like, really cool, awkward white girls. But, nah. Like, she really, literally showed, showed her ass with that interview. So. For real. Yeah. Oh, okay. last category. My last one is your skincare routine. No! You suck! <laughs> really? You really? All right. Let's do it. So... One has to go. Ashwagandha spray. Damn it. Cleanser, your moisturizer, or your neck cream. No, pal. Is this why you asked me about my skincare routine? No, I didn't even ask you about your skincare routine. Like, my question was, what's, like, one quirky, like, um, hobby or habit that you have and you picked your skincare oh, routine. I, just, I was like, oh, did she ask me this so that she could use it as fodder for our game? <laughs> no, I don't think that far ahead. <laughs> I'm not like that much of a mastermind. Uh, all right. The one I really should get rid of, even though I fucking love it, I don't really need the ashwagandha spray. But I love it because it's easy. I just spray, you know? But I do need to make sure I keep the cleanser, the moisturizer, and the neck cream. So, damn, the ashwagandha spray would have to go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry I had to make you choose, but the good news is none of them need to go. (laughs) That's true. But yes, oh, how funny. I live in excess. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. This is my last one, and the category is 8,000 Littles is a Lot. And this is in reference to all of the rappers whose first name, artist name, begins with the word little. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I tried to choose, like, the super, super popular ones, and of course none of them are little, but we got Lil Wayne, we have Lil Jon, Lil Yachty, and Lil Bow Wow. (laughs) <laughs> I think it's gonna be Little Wayne because he was all over the news. Wasn't yep. that just yesterday saying mm-hmm. like he supports Trump? Mm-hmm. Yep. And that wasn't the case when I created this, you know? So it's interesting how context or like current context changes the answer. But um actually I would even say that before this I was definitely going to say Lil Wayne too, but <laughs> Yeah, especially with his, like, support for Trump. Like, that's super upsetting. But also, it makes sense. Like, he has so much money, and perhaps he wants to protect it. And so that's the way he does it. Rich people are going to just be rich people. Yeah, they need to go. (laughs) 
That yep. was a great game. I loved it. So <laughs> that was fun. It was like a nice, simple game. Yeah. Like, you could just like play that one on and on. Yeah. Oh, pal, I have to tell you that before we move on to our show, like the topic, um, I played poet or politician at a reading I did. And people had so much fun because they couldn't tell who was a poet or a politician. And they were like, oh no, it's kind of like being a poetician. Like you kind of have to like, you're super involved with politics, but you're also a poet by by occupation and trade and study. So yeah, people love that game. And I'm oh definitely going to use it again in all of these Zoom readings that I'd be doing. So yes. <laughs> a politician. Yeah. Yeah, someone was like, oh, so being a poet laureate is like being a poetician. And I was like, exactly. That is exactly what it feels like. So, yes. Do you want to tell the people what our game is today? Or not game. Um, what show we're talking about today? Yes, because the U.S. presidential election is coming up very, very soon. We decided to do this episode on Parks and Recreation, which apparently is no longer on Netflix anymore after being on Netflix for years and years. I know. So that's so, lame. So freaking sad. And and it just happened this month, like October 2020. So <laughs> I was like super sad about that. Um, I do have the uh, show summary. Do you want me to read it? Yes, please. <laughs> This is pretty funny. Um, I haven't read this before, so I'm just going to read it for the first time. Um, Leslie Nope, a mid-level bureaucrat in an Indiana Parks and Recreation Department, hopes to beautify her town and boost her own career by helping local nurse Ann Perkins turn an abandoned construction site into a community park. But what should be a fairly simple project is stymied at every turn by catfish bureaucrats, selfish neighbors, governmental red tape, and a myriad of other challenges. Leslie's, te Leslie's team and call, yeah, sorry, Leslie's colleague, Tom Haverford, who delights in exploiting his position for personal gain, is as likely to undermine her efforts as to help her, while her boss, Ron Swanson, is adamantly opposed to government in any form, even though he's a bureaucrat himself. So that's just like, that's basically the first episode, but it really does lead to twists and turns and bullshit, basically, governmental bullshit. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I love this show, but I, I do want to throw out there because of this Reno trip, like I haven't been, I wasn't able to watch it before, but I watched, you know, I watched all the seasons and I love the show and I've watched it multiple times. So I feel like I know the characters, but I'm also at the same time, like, not super feeling strongly about any of the placements I chose. It's all good. Let's let's see what we've come up with because, you know, like, um, I mean, we felt this way too about like some of the other shows we've talked about and we still were able to have like a really great conversation about what we thought. So <laughs> I really want to know what you think of Leslie Nope. <laughs> Leslie, oh my god. I mean, I I put that she was a Virgo sun, a Sag moon, and a Capricorn rising because, I mean, look, we all know, like, she's just highly organized, and she has binders for fucking everything, and she just always, like, has a schedule and a plan. Like, I put her as a Cap rising because I do think, like, Capricorns, um, but, but especially, like, Capricorn suns, and I think Capricorn risings are folks who are like really good at just like self-starting and like getting shit started and coming up with the plans and then just like coming and then the delegating and stuff I think those are things that are clearly like Leslie's like really really good at 
Um, you know, the Virgo sun obviously is just some of the meticulousness and just like very, very painstaking like attention to detail. Um, in terms of her Sag moon, like I put that because she's obviously driven by like her ideals. Like from the very, very start, I do think that this is one thing that just hasn't changed about her character is just like how much she really fucking believes in good government. And, um, and it just like sometimes to a fault, but at the same time, it is also just the, some of the, the, one of the most redeeming things about her character is just how much she like really, really genuinely cares and believes in this system. Mm, got it. Those are really great, great reasons. Like, I love um, the Sag moon. I'll get to that too. Like, I thought definitely Virgo Sun for sure. I was like, this is so fucking annoying how on top of it you are on every subject that comes across your office. Um, I thought initially Scorpio Moon, but I thought that because I don't know if you remember the episode about the model UN. Um, she, <laughs> yeah. she was helping like the local like Pawnee High School uh, strengthen their model UN program. And then um, I forget what country she was, but she was basically trying to go to war with. Um, um, fuck, what's his name? Her husband? Uh, husband oh, um, Ben? Ben, yeah, she was trying yeah. to go to war with Ben, and I was like, seriously, this is so weird. I thought it was very, like, Scorpio shit that I saw in the way her emotions were displayed, but I do like the Sag Moon, sorry, Scorpio Moon. I like the Sag Moon better. I think that definitely comes out, like, her fire comes out at strange moments, um, especially, like, when she was decided to run for office and she couldn't, like, decide what outfit to wear I don't know something about that red is very like untamable fire so I like the Sag moon um and I actually I thought she would be a Virgo rising because I was like yeah everyone sees her for who she is so they all try to like um help step in for her when she is running for city councilwoman um but they all know that they'll inevitably fail because they can never do it the way that Lindsay does so, I don't know, I just thought of it as, like, yeah, like, she has, like, so many, she's so organized, and everyone around her is, like, seeing, but they would never bring it to her, maybe because they know that, I don't know, maybe Leslie deals with conflict in a strange way, but, mm. yeah, I guess, yeah, I, I, yeah, we definitely see Earth, <laughs> is what we see. <laughs> yeah, we definitely, yeah, it's for real, I, and I put the sad moon, because I was also just thinking of the fire, too, but I just could not see her being, like, an Aries, or, a Leo either. I do like the Sag moon. I do see though why you chose the Scorpio moon because like um, maybe some of it's the writing or maybe it is just Leslie but there are just times where like she does handle situations especially when it does come to things that are just like really emotional or have to deal with emotions. It's like in like almost just like, <laughs> inappropriate or like just these like cringe ways or, or just like, really intense where Especially, like, season one, Leslie, or just, like, oh, my God, like, yeah, you're too much, you're too much, like. You're right. Oh, oh my God. Which, actually, like, um, should we talk about Anne now? Anne for yes. Me? Yes, I was just thinking of Anne, because I'm just thinking, <laughs> uh, speaking yeah. of, so oh, Anne is Leslie's best friend, and I thought she was a Libra sun, a Virgo moon, and a Taurus rising. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, say why. I wanted to throw the Taurus Rising is the one where I'm kind of like, I, I'm on the fence on. I, I, I just definitely see some earth in her. Actually, I also put her as a Virgo moon. I, I do feel strongly about the Virgo moon. The Libra sun, I put her as just because like, I just think about how um, 
you you remember those episodes where she was like she had broken up already with Chris Pratt's character. What's the fucking name again? Andy. Um yes. and yeah, fuck Chris Pratt. Okay. Um she had broken up with Chris Pratt at this point and she was like dating around and and like she just kept like um adopting like whatever it was, like the person she was like dating was like thing. <laughs> and I just kind of felt like oh I could see like a Libra doing that just like wanting to just like accommodate just like everything that like your partner or even your friends like it doesn't have to be romantic partnerships like what the people around you want to do Mm. oh damn yeah I guess uh, um I have different signs not completely like I definitely see the Libra I looked at mine again and I was like, shit, I didn't put Libra on here because she really did balance Leslie out so much. Initially, I thought she was a Taurus sun because um, I watched some episodes again and I was like, oh, okay. I didn't, I don't know. I just got a feeling that she was definitely like a go with the flow kind of character. Like when they were like, hey, Anne, you should work at City Hall and leave your nursing job. And she was like, okay, like basically, okay. Which I thought was so weird because we all know that nursing like pays more. But, yeah that and, was a really fucking weird episode <laughs> yeah, so. like the whole character arc with her like suddenly working at city hall and yes they started with part-time but I just thought that was so weird like she could still be a nurse and like be their friend you know um yeah so I don't know something about that made me think Taurus Sun and then I I initially thought Pisces Moon because of the same reasons that you said like she would pick up um not only on different people's hobbies but also their feelings like I thought she was kind of like feeling some of the same things that other people around her were um and then I thought she was a Leo rising because she did seem like very friendly and upbeat to a lot of people. And there was a time, and maybe I should change it to a Libra rising now because I totally see it. But I thought she was a Leo because there were a couple of episodes where she did take charge, particularly when somebody was injured. <laughs> she would like take charge and like tell people what to do. And I thought like, okay, like we don't really see that part of her that much. So like it comes out when it's like being called or like, you know, like being, there's a need for it. So yeah, I kind of thought about her that way, but I do like, I do think there's a Libra placement that I would need to change because she does, she's airy, you know? Yeah, she's definitely airy. And I do, and I do say the earth, like the the stuff you're saying about like her, just like taking charge of something people need to be cared for and stuff. Like that's Mm -hmm. why I put her as a Virgo moon because like, I thought she was just kind of like, um she's yeah she's obviously very caring and helpful but it's it does take a very like it it is in very practical ways like I don't think she's just like the mushiest like character either you know um and now I am changing my mind on her like as you were talking about her just malleability like I am changing my mind on her Taurus rising now because I'm like thinking about myself as a Taurus rising and I'm like (laughs) oh no Like, I would now think maybe she would be one of the mutable signs. Like, maybe mm. I could see her maybe being a Pisces rising. It really, you, you, the choices would be Pisces rising, Sag rising, Gemini rising, or which other fucking one am I missing? Virgo rising. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. I could see those. I see, like, they're all kind of floating in the same, like, um, I like that we agree that there is definitely no fire 
or well actually i do have a leo right well you did put her as a leo yeah i know damn maybe less fire less fire because also can i just say i don't like the way Anne dresses so I yeah think- <laughs> that also is like is she Libra right like that's why i'm like but they're supposed to be fly and she is like she's not <laughs> Yeah, her outfits are uninspiring to me, so I think maybe that's why I'm having some difficulty placing her. But, you know, we don't really know either because she is, as you said, malleable um, with dating and feelings and apparently careers. So, yeah, I don't know. Ann Perkins. Ann Perkins. <laughs> Ann Perkins. <laughs> <laughs> All right, would you, our next character we have on our list is Ron Swanson, who, yeah. as you mentioned, hates government. <laughs> Um, do you want to go first on this one? Yeah, I can go first. Um, I fucking love Ron Swanson as a character. I think we talked about this, right? Like, we just love him. Um, I just got a lot of Earth from him as well. Um, I thought he was a Capricorn son. Um, just because he's always fucking up to something. He doesn't like his shit out there in the world. He, like, went to great lengths to hide a lot of things about himself, including his, like, you know, the way that he moonlights as this, like, singer, musician, artist. (laughs) Like, he he loved hiding things. He didn't want a computer, right? Like, (laughs) just things like that. Yeah. Um, I thought he was, like, so, yeah, I thought he was, like, Capstan. I also thought he was a Gemini moon, because I looked it up and apparently like Gemini moons are pleasant and witty, charming people with at home and with family. And he does kind of get like that with Leslie. Like we kind of see their relationship develop and we see how down he is for her. Um, and then I learned that however, they can be moody and irritable at sometimes. And he, that's him. I was like, fuck, this fool does play like he's two different kinds of people inside of him. Um, and then I had him as a Virgo rising because he, I just remember watching the episode of like when he made um, Leslie and Ben's wedding rings out mm-hmm. of like a metal sconce. And he was like, oh, well, it was really easy. It took me 10 minutes. He, like, melted down the sconce, and then he shaped them, and then he, um, and then he was like, it only took me 10 minutes. People who buy things are suckers. And I was like, (laughs) oh, okay. And that's kind of Virgo-y to me to think, like, oh, that shit was easy. It was organized. I was able to do it, and I had my very special way of doing it. So, yeah, I don't know. A lot of earth, but what do you think? I agreed with you on the Virgo rising and for the same thing just like his like just meticulousness on like the woodworking and just like all I really anything that he's just kind of like really like enjoys and is like passionate about you know um but yeah as you said he's just so low-key about like anything that he likes too so um I, instead of a Capricorn sun, I actually put him as a Capricorn moon. I put him as a Scorpio Ooh. sun because Ooh. of just how private and not, you know, he's very, very secretive. Like in the last season where their equivalent of what is it, Facebook or Google or whatever, like starts sending out these like drone packages. And at first he's initially like, you know, like the market should, the free market and, you know, business should ever do whatever they want. But as soon as he gets this like delivery package, it's like all just like completely tar- tailored to like what he likes. Then he freaks the fuck out because of the privacy <laughs> issues. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but even just yeah his like just alter egos and secret identities and yeah it just seems so Scorpio to me and then as for the Capricorn moon like he's clearly like not like a touchy-feely like kind of guy but every now and then you'll just kind of like see it like kind of come out and (laughs) and so yeah that's why I put for him interesting I really like that uh oh cat moon but it's like in in whatever um placement people have Capricorn it's like oh wow like this is just so so hard for other people to read you know (laughs) yeah I feel that way about him for sure um (laughs) oh Ron Ron Swanson I'm also noticing that we can see how they all kind of function in an office space now though like there are similar signs of like balance. There's a lot of earth, which I assume is like um, something that is related to governmental work. Like you have to fucking lay down the law and it's uncomfortable, but you are the last say, you are the bureaucracy. So mm-hmm. I think that makes sense for all of these people. Um, yeah. Can we do Donna? I love yes. Donna. <laughs> <laughs> I love her too and I, I I do really like your point about just the characters is all like yeah they're all co-workers who worked with each other for like a really long time and just like so it makes sense that they have a lot of earth placements like I know the sun signs of like all my at least the sun signs of all my characters all my characters all my co-workers mm-hmm. <laughs> and for the ones I'm closest with like I have like their full charts and stuff and it is just like really really cool to just see like even in my office it's just a lot of fire and earth which totally makes sense to me totally for your office yeah you need yeah. for sure <laughs> yeah so do you want to go first with Donna yeah i love donna okay i'm gonna go with okay so i thought that she was a cancer sun because (laughs) cancer sun and i also thought of like my friends who are kind of like her where they're like super strong on the outside but they're actually like really sharing a lot about themselves in the details that they let out you know like um she was very um, honest about like when she had like a man waiting for her at her house you know and I think people don't like I noticed that the other characters didn't really um, ask for more information and I thought oh yeah shit like there's a cancer being honest being kind of vulnerable but also being very strong in what they're saying so I, I thought she was a cancer son I thought she was a Virgo moon because she has a really good understanding of what other people are feeling and thinking and I remember there was a scene where Gary or Jerry was um, stuffing envelopes for Leslie's campaign (laughs) and um, she was just watching him do it and she realized she could take advantage of him by having him do all the work Um, but also like she was very like organized throughout parts of the campaign so I was like oh shit like and then when she detected that like Gary or Jerry was really upset about something, she just like named it. And she did the same thing with Tom when he was kind of like wild and out. She was like, oh, well, you're doing this. And she just really was able to tell people's emotions. And I thought, shit, Virgo moon. Um, and then I thought that she's a Leo rising because I do like the way that she dresses and dresses herself. And I love that she takes care of herself and I think a lot of people remember Donna and Tom for their, um, you know, um, uh, treat yourself day. <laughs> yes, I was just, <laughs> if you weren't going to mention it, I was going to mention it. Like, yeah, that's like the thing like Donna and then Tom are yeah. like most known for is treat yourself. So 
for me, I put her as a Taurus sun because of that. Because, like, oh. I think Taurus is just, like, that is just the Taurus. Yeah. The embodiment of tourism is just treat yourself, like, yeah. constantly. And for some Tauruses, like, you know, like, Taurus gets, like, the stereotype of just being super, like, materialistic. And I don't think that's, like, I, I don't think I'm a materialistic person. But I do like to be comfortable. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I do like to, like, take care of myself. And for some people, that could be spending a lot of money on things. <laughs> and that's definitely Donna, because she loves her mm-hmm. Mercedes. And <laughs> she loves yeah. her herself days. <laughs> Good for her. Um, I put her as a Leo moon and it was for some of the similar things that you said but you put her as a Leo rising where I I, I think you're right like I do see moments where she does like really really take charge and I think out of um, you know for uh, an office with so much earth like I do think she brings like a bit of fire in this group as well in the same way that like Leslie does too Um, and then I put her as a Scorpio rising because I do think that I it's so funny that you said you you it's the exact same thing you said before cancer son where she will put information out there that is like vulnerable and true but that's all she's gonna give you and she I think she because she I think she if people were to dig and to ask more I think she would especially for if it's like her like co-workers or just like other people who like she trusts I think she would answer but I think there is just something about Scorpio that like wants you to just dig more right they're not gonna put everything out on the table in the same way other placements will oh my god I didn't realize that was a Scorpio trait and now I'm thinking about it like that's totally what my husband does he'll just like say a cool little fact and then he'll, he'll wait for people to like ask more about it <laughs> Yeah, no, I, um, I am talking to a guy with four Scorpio placements and he'll, I'll be like, Hey, um, you close with your family? And he's like, yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> yeah. i like, your parents still together? He's like, yeah. I'm like, oh you my God. And he's like, yeah, a sister. And then I'm just like, fucking serious, dude. That's all you're going to give me. And then like 15 minutes later, he like drives me to his childhood home. And then he like drives me to like where he went to high school. And then like yeah. where he went to college. And it's just like, they, yeah, they won't tell you verbally outright, yeah. but they have their own unique ass way of just like sh- revealing and showing. Yes. Oh, Jesus Christ. Yes. Like, oh God. Yeah. Paulo, my husband will be like, oh yeah, this dessert tastes good. It tastes like something I had in Turkey. And it's like, Okay, so now you want people to ask you about Turkey? <laughs> like, like the country, you know? Like, <laughs> or he'll be like, oh yeah, the water, the water in Greece is so great. And it's like, uh, okay, like, let's now talk about Greece, you know? It's <laughs> random. It's not random. It's just like a little, little bit of something very important to them, you know? <laughs> oh, damn. Well, happy Scorpio season, everyone. <laughs> Seriously. Seriously. Yeah. They, want, they want to divulge, but they want you to dig in order for it to happen. So, yes. yes. <laughs> oh, Lord. Um, Tom Haverford. Should we do him? Yes. I um can you go first Tom's, yeah I'll go first I thought Tom out of he also has I've also gave him some earth placements but I also thought out of the different characters he definitely has the most I I felt it's the air like I was just like oh he's definitely got air placements that's for fucking sure so I put him as a Gemini sun mm. a Taurus moon and a Libra rising and I put him as a Gemini sun because like out of all the characters he fucking talks a lot <laughs> 
and he feels like he can co- constantly smooth talk his way through things and sometimes he can sometimes he sucks at it <laughs> and I put him as a Taurus moon because again just like the treat yourself day like Tom's like the same way where yeah he loves fancy things and just nice things and just like really wants to like treat himself all the time um and I put him as a Libra rising because yeah he he's he cares about like how he looks like how he dresses how he comes off as like how he presents himself like very very Libra to me. oh my god I really love that what did you say for the moon Taurus you said Taurus yeah okay yeah. I I love that you said I definitely got air. I got air as well. I came up with different placements, but I hella got air. Like, I was just thinking about, like, this is how you can tell that the elements are different in different people. Um, I put that he was a Libra son because the same reason that you stated, like, always trying to look fly um, and his investments in money and appearance and businesses, like, um, for, like, the beginning of the show, he is, like, trying to leave the job and start a new business. Like, every day is, like, a new venture. Um, And then, like, I just remember, like, when Anne and him were briefly dating, which I thought was a really weird storyline, by the way. <laughs> I know. Um, it curses me out just thinking about it. Yeah, and a lot of their dating was them just saying they were dating. They didn't go out on dates. They We didn't see them holding hands. We didn't see them being affectionate. It was so fucking weird. Um, oh, the like, worst. Yeah, and like in contrast to like April and Andy, they were really more affectionate, more physical with each other. And we just didn't see that with Anne and Tom, so I just felt like I didn't really believe it. But there was this an episode that begins with Anne in Tom's apartment, and everything is just like super expensive and luxurious, and she can't get over it. And I was like, shit, this kind of um, reminds me of like Libra. Um, and then I also thought he was an Aquarius moon and a Leo rising. So I thought Aquarius moon because I read that Aquarius moons have um, an emotional detachment that keeps them cool in crises, but can make them as remote as a distant galaxy. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> I was like, shit, like this description is very poetic. Um, and it said that they're also quirky and they can be very emotional. And I think that does, his emotions do kind of drive that airiness where he just like isn't grounded in things unless people like pull him back down to earth. Um, and so I took that as Aquarius. I, I do like, um, Taurus moon though. And then I thought he was a Leo rising for the same reasons I thought Donna was too. I thought maybe this is the sense of fire that they can connect on because their treat yourself day is fucking crazy. Like the legs to which they go to take care of themselves for like that, the day that we see, right? Cause don't they say they do it more often than we actually see? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And I was like, oh, this is, but the fact that it's indulgence kind of like spilling onto excess, I do like the tourist placement. <laughs> so I don't know. That's what I thought. Like a lot of like fire <laughs> and fire for him. So I, I like the Aquarius moon. I think that'd be an interesting take. And I, I also wonder too, if like he could also be like an Aquarius rising. Um, I mean, I, I'm glad we both agree he has a lot of air. Like, the other thing with the Taurus moon is, like, the other thing with Tom is, like, he is definitely, like, lazy when it comes to his work. Um, 
and will take his fucking time to do any kind of like projects and stuff and it's not to say like all Tauruses are lazy but (laughs) again like with a Taurus moon I think it's like you're gonna do what feels good and Tom when you do see that he's like invested in like you know his like bar or like whatever project that he's like really really into like you will put in the work Mm -hmm. um but yeah he'll do he does the things that make him feel good and working at parks and rec i don't think really like it's just yeah that's not that's not it for him it's not definitely not i do like the gemini sun too because yeah this fool is talkative as fuck and at some points it's really annoying and he doesn't see but then it's weird right because the people that are supposedly in his life like um what is his name jean ralphio (laughs) Like, wow, talk about, like, just, like, a hurricane, like, that, his friend just doesn't, it's weird, Tom seems grounded compared to John Ralphio, so. <laughs> John Ralphio, and then his, like, twin sister, <laughs> yeah. are probably, like, they're so fucking crazy, they're probably, like, triple, like, air signs or something. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, and didn't the sister, is it just me, or, like, didn't the sister come in like season four like randomly we learn he had a twin sister yeah and then she, and then she starts dating <laughs> she starts dating Tom. Yeah. yeah and I was like this is so weird he had never told us before that he was a twin and I get that it's like it makes sense but um it's, it makes sense that he wouldn't tell us but I just thought that was really weird there were some things in the writing where I was like oh yeah did y'all leave, did y'all lose some like writers along the way because the continuity um, is lacking in some episodes <laughs> for sure and I do I, I do appreciate the whatever fucking changes needed are happened between season one and two like I'm glad they happened because season one was so awful <laughs> and um and I'm also glad they didn't keep Mark as a character because he was boring <laughs> yeah I did kind of like him I did, because I thought he's too normal for this. Yeah. (laughs) Well, I learned that the writers, what they were originally intending for him is they did want him to come back, but what they were intending was that he would quit and then, like, work in the private sector and then quit private sector and then go back to public sector and then just constantly keep flipping, like, going back and forth, which actually would be really, really hilarious because that's real. Um, Like, Uh. I mean, that's what my husband's like doing <laughs> really? he like wants to go back to the private sector I know I know he works in the public sector right now he wants to go back to the private sector <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. wow <laughs> mm-hmm. I have some thoughts but yes um, it's good to know that that's a realistic thing that's all <laughs> yeah it really is real and like the writers were saying that they based mark off of someone they knew uh, <laughs> it was like some kind of city planner like mark was who kept doing that <laughs> <laughs> oh that's super funny gosh <laughs> yeah i think i read too that the actor who played mark sorry i don't know the name uh do you know the name no Okay. <laughs> I don't know anything else he's in, do you? No. Maybe they're like, one has to go. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you know, I saw one really shitty, like, unknown. I, can't, I don't even know, remember what it's called. Like, this movie that he's in with. Um, I don't even remember who the actress is in it. It's probably, like, I think it's Olivia Munn. <laughs> like, someone really obscure also. And oh. uh, they were trying to get pregnant. And that's the movie. That's it. 
Oh, what the fuck? That's like not a movie, but yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Oh gosh. Um, yeah, maybe one day we'll have to talk about that, like anticlimactic movies or movies without a climax, because there are quite a few out there. <laughs> God. <laughs> yeah, um, we could do that. <laughs> did you happen to see the Parks and Rec pandemic edition that came out? No. Yeah, they did one episode where they were all like in like a Zoom link, Zoom like squares kind of thing. And they were all just sort of catching up on what life was like and they all had very different lives. Um, so it was really interesting to see that they did that for people who were just feeling like lonely and wanting to see how these characters that were so beloved, like what they were going through and what they would be like now. Um, but yeah, it's a one-off episode that just came back and it aired on like eight. NBC or something like that. So How funny. Yeah, if you ever get to see it, I'm sure it's floating around the internet somewhere. So I'll try to find it once I'm back in Hawaii. Yeah, it was very hopeful, which I liked. Um, I think if I remember correctly, they all were they were similar. They had the same kind of su- subjectivities, but some things had changed about their situations. So that's all. I won't say too much. <laughs> okay, I'll watch it. Thanks yeah. <laughs> Um, we're going to, should we go to your reading now? Yes. So the, what I'm actually really going to focus on with my reading today is, well, before I jump into it, I I do want to talk about the November 3rd U.S. presidential election and just the astrology of it. And, but before even going into that, um, like this episode is going to be released on Monday. So it's just going to be a couple days after this full moon in Taurus that we had over Halloween. And it's, um, (laughs) um, it's been a really interesting full moon for me already. And it's like not even like done yet, but it is right next to Uranus. And so I do think that if, you know, (laughs) for some people, not all people, but again, it's like, if you have really like strong tourists in your chart, like I do, for example, then you're gonna like, Yeah, you're, you might deal with just some more of just the surprises and, like, shenanigans, like, all over again. So, anyway, I do want to just, like, kind of mention, we did have this, like, crazy full moon in Taurus, and then, yeah, we're going to have a new moon next week, or next week, in a couple of weeks, on um, November 14th, and that one's going to be a new moon in Scorpio, so we'll, I'll talk more about that later in maybe another episode, but... What I really wanted to focus on today is the fact that um, Mercury stations direct on November 3rd, and that's the same day as the U.S. presidential election, which I know the whole world is watching. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm here in Reno um, with my labor union because we've endorsed Biden and Harris. And so we've been going door to door, just making sure people have all the information they need to like figure out how they vote, how to vote if they haven't voted already and so um it's you know we haven't had a u.s election um where mercury station direct since 2000 and i know we mentioned this in a previous yeah (laughs) i know we mentioned this in a previous episode that yeah the 2000 presidential election um was yeah there were all these issues with the um with the voting but especially in florida and just this notorious like hanging chads like issue um and so um it's it's interesting like there's all these astrologers who are trying to weigh in right now and whether who they think is going to win is it going to be biden or is it going to be trump and 
there's like an official tally of some like renowned like astrologers worldwide and like 50 or right now saying it's going to be Trump and 50 are going to say it's Biden. Like it's a literal 50-50 split. Whoa. Yeah. And so, yeah, really, really wild. And I, in terms of where I'm at with it, like all I know for sure is like, I don't think we are going to have like a clear like winner, like by the end of the night. I wouldn't be surprised if we didn't. And I don't think I even need astrology to like tell me that like Trump for sure is going to declare himself a winner no matter what. Mm-hmm. And so that's like really kind of worrisome. One of the other things that I'm kind of worried about too is like we still have Mars retrograde and Mars is, so the way, you know, like I've explained in the past before when planets go retrograde, um, what happens is like they start slowing down and then they start seeming like they're moving backwards. So when they s- start stationing direct when they they stop becoming retrograde the same thing happens where they slow down again like to complete stop where they're pretty much gonna be at the same point in the sky and until they kind of start moving forward again so that's where mars is at right now like mars is really really bright in the sky right now like anyone you know you all should like look up at the sky and just see like it's really bright and red and mm. it's gonna be like that for two weeks and i think that, what that means is, like, we're going to have, like, I think we are going to see just some of the most intense parts of Mars retrograde right now. So I'm seeing a lot of just, like, activists and organizers I know who are, like, posting some really, really good information out there on just, like, how to prepare and how to stay safe um, post-election day in case things, you know, protests do break out and things do get violent. Um, and so I really, really encourage folks to look up these resources read them and just kind of get prepared just in case like we like yeah I I mean I'm a little worried about what's going to kind of come out after this election I want everyone to just be as safe as possible and um and the good news is Mercury retrograde is going to end soon and then very very soon Mars retrograde is also going to end soon and I do think things will start kind of smoothing out a bit after that so um that's kind of really like what I wanted to share about like the astrology this week like I think that mercury retrograde on election day is going to be a big one damn dude that's fucking crazy like I just feel like um I'm just thankful that you've been like super honest with me and other listeners about like what's going on and you know you told us October was going to be wild and it sure is on like personal and political levels um And I think it would be good for us to also share those resources for like how to stay safe. Um, I know like, for example, a lot of businesses are also boarding back up again. Um, And a lot of people are arming themselves, you know, which is also strange. I'm sure it's people who've never had to do that before. Um, But yeah, I definitely worry for a lot of parts of the country where people already feel socially isolated um, and then to be like politically isolated and feel like causing violence would be like the way to deal with it. Um, You know, I, it's hard. It's hard to say. It's hard to say. I hope a revolution happens. I hope that Trump is not elected. Um, And we'll see. We will see what happens. Tuesday is really not too far from now so it really is like everyone's gonna be listening to this like the day before and Mm -hmm. so yeah yeah we're just a few days out yeah damn wow Uh, oh and this is also our last episode of the season so (laughs) 
I mean, I'm sad. It's just crazy that eight episodes just flew by. Like it really did for me. Yeah, same. And we really committed to it too. So I'm hoping like when we do decide to do a season two, we'll figure it out. And I think in the meantime, like Paul and I had ideas to do like mini episodes. We might do that. Um, yeah, I think that would be a really good idea. So, well, I'll miss your readings for a little bit, pal. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. Um, other things that you wanted to share? Nope. There's already a lot. That was already a lot. Okay. Um, I can get to my reading. I realize I am going to read someone else's poem. I was going to meet, read mine as a default, but I forgot that I had already bookmarked this one previously. Um, I also just uh, mailed it, or messaged it to you, pal, if you want to, like, follow along. The photos oh, are not cool. very good, but <laughs> I um, decided that I wanted to read this poem called When Faced with the Statements there are more black men in jail than college. I think of order of operations. Um, and that is written by a poet named Marcus Wicker, who I've actually admired for a while now and finally found him on Twitter. And like, finally we follow each other. Ooh, I'm such a nerd for poets, but, um, yeah. Okay. So I'm just going to read this poem and it plays off of like PEM does, you know, and sometimes people don't think uh, math and poetry go together, but what? Like they totally do. So here we go. When faced with the statement, there are more black men in jail than college. I think of order. I think order of operations by Marcus Wicker. P. I think I distrust statisticians. I think this is problematic. I think the square root of this quote is a question. I think the question equals at least five answers. E, I think history is the base of most things. I think the superscript could read 1619. I think the superscript could be the current year. I think history is a linear accumulation. M, I think if math is wealth, then wealth is history. I think X marks a continent of loss. I think the more you multiply, the more you have. I think so much depends on personal pronouns. D, I think the inverse of history is heritage. I think heritage halved is power. I think power has varied degrees. I'm still thinking personal pronouns. A, I think who you are says a lot. I think the second person implies two sides. I think it says less plus less equals less. I think it says plus more equals more. S, I think deducting anything adds a negative sign. I think the question equals more than five answers. I think statistics can't fix quotes or crises. I think this is problematic. Um, order of operations. Uh, that's just like the short nickname I'm going to call the poem. <laughs> Um, I didn't prepare an analysis directly about this, so Pao, like, please feel free to jump in, because I actually think I'm still kind of trying to make sense of the poem. I think the title definitely, like, declares, like, the fact and the context, right? And it is, it is unfortunately and unjustly true that there are more Black men in jail than college, and there are so many sources that cite this, uh, mass incarceration of Black and brown men. Um, and order of operations, I also really suck at math. So like, 
if I remember correctly, what was that for? PEMDAS is for solving oh, yeah. complicated equations? It's those, yeah, it's like those like kind of complicated equations. So like the P stands for parentheses. Um, the E stands for, fuck me, <laughs> like totally <laughs> blanking. I was like, what else? Um, yeah. And then the M stands for multiplication, <laughs> then division. And then the um, A is addition and subtraction. But um, what the fuck is the E? Oh, I just looked it up. The E is exponents. Exponents. So all the letters, we solve the letters. Oh, yes. Yes, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like, I think, I think in many ways the poem is definitely commenting on the way that there is a formula in which there is like a school to prison pipeline. I think it is commenting on how the numbers are tied to people and how like when it says, um, you know, um, when you multiply more plus more, you get more. Like, I think that's another way of sort of like coding or talking about the ways that like if you have more men in jail you can get more if you multiply by the same kind um and x is like the kind and here the x could be um the black men um and yeah like i just remember being really bad at pemdas um <laughs> and all of math really but yeah i think this poem really kind of highlights the way that like there is a formula or a design to this apparatus that keeps men in jail um and I don't know, I guess I'm thinking about how there's like, there's no way out. Like you kind of are left with the number after you're done solving for X. Um, yeah, order of operations, not just like a mathematical formula, but um, it's literally the design, the system, the design of the system. So I don't know. I love this poem and I love, like, I actually really like, like Pemba. <laughs> <laughs> I did really well. Like, I, I really like algebra. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I do like it because the more you like kind of point it out, the more you just kind of like dig into this poem. It's just kind of like, oh, like, um, it does. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's just kind of going from like, I guess, just the, like the, the concept of, of PEMDAS, right? It's just like going from like the macro to like the micro. And yeah, you're like just always trying to find that X. I do think it's interesting in the poem, like, the constant repetition of, like, just the, of the pronouns, mm -hmm. and, yeah, and just still, like, thinking of a personal pronoun, so I'm like, hmm. Yeah, and the, the repetition of the word, or phrase, I think, just, like, yes. appears through all of it, and that is also one way to like work through the formula is like to keep thinking about it, like keep thinking about every step or like every cog in the machine and see how that kind of like leads to the same kind of answer. Um, yeah, it's just like, it's, it's also how I think about like really long words. Like when people have long ass words for something so small, um, it takes away from the meaning of what is actually being said. So I just think about that, like, how did we really get to this number? How really did we get to a part in our society where there are more black men in jail than college? You know, like mm -hmm. we have to like kind of reverse the numbering, reverse the formula to kind of see how it is revealed. Um, yeah. And I would say that socially, right, it doesn't take, take too much to solve for X here. Um, yeah, white supremacy.
is the answer. <laughs> yeah, this is the answer. <laughs> yeah. um, and then I guess I should also say the poem is from a book called Maybe the Saddest Thing. Yeah, maybe the saddest thing. I really like that book. I love his writing. I don't think I say that out loud enough, but I do like Marcus Wicker. One time I saw him at a conference and then I just like freaked out and I left. <laughs> I was like, holy wow. shit. Yeah, I really wanted to say hi, but like, I don't know. I want, I want, I want it to be genuine and I don't want it to just be like a, hey, I love your work because I do, but I also love more things about it. But yeah. I don't know if a conference is the best time to say that to someone. <laughs> so yeah. Um, that's my reading. That. That yeah. Reading. Thanks for reading like the horrible photos of the poem that I took and sent to you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should we go into our last shout outs for season one? Yes. Shout out to Reno. It's actually been a nice city. Like, it's really, really nice here. And I, and it is, but it is also really fucking tripped me out that this is just one of those counties that is going to get to decide who the next president is going oh. to be. To sh so a special shout out to the people here in Reno who are voting for Biden. Yes. Yes. Shout out to you all. Oh God, please, please save our nation. <laughs> <laughs> um, I want to shout out um, the young Pinoy poet and rapper I talked about earlier in the episode. Um, his, name, his name is Melvin Factor, and I wanted to shout out him and his family, and I'll include the link to the GoFundMe for them. Yeah. Do you have other shout, shout out? out? Shout out to Mexican food, because that's all I've been eating here now that I'm back in the mainland. I can't get that in Hawaii, so nonstop, every day. Oh, I'm so happy for you. I know how much you love it. I know how much you love it. Yeah. Um, I wanted to shout out um, whatever kind of quality it is about shelter in place and being on our phones a lot that has like strangely worked in my favor because I have shouted out um, two um, black female hip hop artists on Twitter and they have either retweeted me or messaged me back, which I'm like, what? Like, who am I? So <laughs> I, like one of them I learned from my students. They introduced me to a rapper named Il Camille. Um, so yeah, shout out to Il Camille. Her, her um, music is so great. It reminds me of a tribe called Quest. So that's how, um, that's how, that's what I hope people will listen to. And then I also wanted to shout out, uh, the rapper Chica. I love Chica. Chica's super funny. And, um, yeah, like I think retweeted one of my tweets about her music. So I love that. I don't, I, I don't think I would have that kind of play if we weren't in a pandemic and people were always on their phones, you know? So it's true. It's so true. Yeah. I think my last shout out is going to be to hotel housekeepers for mm -hmm. anyone who ever stays at a hotel. Please tip your housekeepers because they deserve it. But the housekeepers here have been like organizing and just like, like constantly just like cleaning my stuff. And like, I'm just like really, really appreciative. Oh, I love it. Um, I think my last shout out is just for all the Scorpios who are loving Scorpio season, even though I'm like, okay, stop trying to snap at me. 
Yeah, shout out to this freaking Scorpio who I've asked three times in a row via text, what are you doing? And still not getting a response. And he's instead responding to other parts of my text. (laughs) Oh my gosh, now that I know that's also a Scorpio trait, I'm going to be aware of that. And it's like, how else can I ask a very direct question like that? There is no other way to reword it to get your answer, you know? Yeah. Like, I, you're not going to call them out. Like, that's what I do. Like, the other day, I was just like, hey, stop disappearing when I ask you, how are you doing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Scorpios. Scorpio Come season. on. Scorpios. Yes. I love Scorpios. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I find myself around them. I don't know what that means, but I guess it's love. <laughs> It's fixed signs. We love each other, I guess. Like Taurus, Leo, Scorpio, Aquarius. Yeah, the best signs. No wonder. Yeah, uh, Leo and Scorpios, like out of like five hearts, they share four hearts of compatibility. So there's that. Wow. <laughs> I looked it up. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. But five hearts for everyone. Um, thanks for listening. Love you guys. Thanks for listening to season one. We will see you in season two and whatever many episodes we've come up with in between. Yes. Bye. Bye. (laughs)